desire for true innovation, I feel just isn't really showing anymore. A lot of magicians have, have focused on creating magic simply that is different, which, you know, at the end of the day, it is a different method, but I think it needs to be more than that. And I don't know that there are are enough truly innovative pieces of magic out there that are adding upon something, uh, I mean, doing something that something else hasn't already done before. They're guys. They do magic. magic. They are the magic guys. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the pod. We're here yet again, episode 128. To my left, we have Nick K. Welcome to the show, friends. Down below, we have Doug Con. It's y'all salutations. And I'm Josh Nobito. Welcome to the Magic Guys Show. Oh, yeah. We got a good run lined up today. And Nick's head is looking extra shiny and shaved because he's off to work a little later today, too. Yeah, you bet I do because, you know, like the sun beats down on it and you need to keep it fresh. And yeah, I have like this fancy moisturizing the top. It makes total sense. Man. Oh, dude. It's a, a, yeah. I'm, I'm in my 50s and I don't know everything I need to know yet. Yeah. I use a fancy Q10 cream to keep me young. And it also has an SPF 15 rating to keep the sun away, which is, yeah, you know, like I got it. And here's the thing about the sun, like that's the one thing that ages you more than anything. And this was a tip that I got from my good friend, Tim Ellis, who is 6 million years old and looks as young as I do. Right. And he showed me, he goes, I wear sunscreen. And I thought that's amazing. And what spins me out the most is if you guys don't watch Josh Nabito's um, Instagram which I do all the time. It's one of my favorite. I mean, I love every, I think, I think you're great is what I'm trying to say, Josh. What I find really perplexing is that for the listeners who don't know what Josh looks like, very tall, very handsome and built like, built, I don't know, like built like a brick. Where's my swear word? (laughs) House. (laughs) (laughs) But he, the last video you did at the gym, he's hanging off one thing and his big arms are holding his big ass up. Mother. I've ever seen like how do you live that close to the sun with that, that body and never let it be kissed by the sun <laughs> like, it's uh you know it's just my my skin isn't made for the sun it doesn't like it so doesn't? I just I just yeah I'm like a vampire you know it looks like you have to like adjust the ISO because it just shines like you just shimmer you're kind of like oh Edward. yeah um, oh yeah, I li- I literally I literally have to put translucent powder on my face just so the light doesn't bounce right off it. You know when we're filming. <laughs> Doug, how have you been, man? Um, <clears throat> I've been well, under exercised. Apparently, I've seen your recent Instagram videos and inspiring. <laughs> and I'm a long Did- way from taking off my shirt during a card trick. That's for sure. <laughs> Thanks, Patrick. Patrick says, "Where's the parrot?" That's funny. Dude, I recently. That's co- awesome. Where did you, you get like that the parrot? parrot? Yeah, so so the story with the parrot is this parrot has more followers than me on Instagram. It's its own social media presence, and it does events in Brisbane where it gets paid to be there at nightclubs and, and bars and stuff so people can take selfies with this large macaw. And so I happened to be working at the same venue, this rooftop venue this parrot was at, and the owner was like, hey, you should do a card trick with my parrot. And I was like, that sounds great. So we met up and we shot a few videos. And this parrot is so bloody smart. I, I was able to classic force a parrot and it worked like 
amazingly. So Apparently, we're going to make a few more children. and yeah, yeah, it's good fun. <laughs> Isn't it hilarious that we live at a time where like a bird can be famous than us with our prefrontal cortex and everything else? There's a big <sighs> yeah. fan of Formula One and what had happened was Max Verstappen, world champion, actually like hit a bird while he was racing and it was stuck in the brake duct. And everyone made fun of the bad drivers going, I want you to know that a dead bird has had more laps in Formula One than you have. And they were just like (laughs) shitting on all the bad drivers. Like, leave the birds alone. Uh, We have another guest coming on today. So the parrot, you know, it would be funny to have the parrot on for an episode because it can talk. Uh, But just kind of repeats what you say, much like me. But Nick... We have, an, we have a guest. You know this guest better than anyone. So I feel like you should be the one to intro this magic creator man of mystery. It would be my absolute pleasure. If it's one thing we keep talking about in this show, that there's not enough Nicks. And this next Nick we're bringing in all the way from the USA. He's an amazingly handsome and amazingly talented magician who I've had the pleasure of knowing for the past few years. And it's been way too long since he and I have caught up. So I thought let's bring him on this show have a great conversation, and share some beautiful magic knowledge with you guys. So, friends, please join me in welcoming the amazing, the illustrious... (laughs) Hello, hello. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for coming on the show. How have you been? We miss your face. Oh, I've been wonderful. I've been in the dark. I know many of you have been missing this beautiful face, this luxurious beard, but I'm here. I'm not, I'm not gone. Just been, uh, just been in hiding. (laughs) We needed someone to come on to even out the hair, the amount of hair on the head because all three of us have none. And so that's now we're kind of balanced out again. And I've that's got, important. I've got a whole storage right up here. This is a. <laughs> what we could do is we could just get the hairiest magicians together and just le- like, and you guys take over for one show. It'd be like you, Jason Ma, you know. <laughs> See, I think who, that's the secret. Yeah. Like, uh, magicians don't realize this, but the more hair you have, the more magic you can uh, you can sustain. So that's yeah. that's yeah. what this is all about. More and more people people don't realize the more hair you have, the more time it takes to take care of it. And you don't have as (laughs) much time to practice magic. That is an absolute fact. It takes way too long to take care of all of this. Time saver. Yeah. (laughs) Unless you're Nick K with all the moisturizing and waxing and probably massaging and such. (laughs) Uh, You know, it's funny. A funny thing about moisturizing. A little... Quick, 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 like 10 second gig story. We do this thing called magic sports and uh, it's basically theater sports, but you got to perform impromptu magic. And we have to do a thing called quick tricks. We had like a dozen magicians lined up and you have like 10 seconds to perform a trick. One of the was a moisturizer, like a genuine pump moisturizer. And everyone was doing stuff like, you know, they're pumping it and, you know, producing coins, like just everyone just getting their cards covered in moisturizer and stuff. And when it came to me, I just took the moisturizer, pumped it into my hand and said, I got a magazine in the back. I'll be back in a minute. And just walked off. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Holy. Well, speaking of you performing, last week you talked about the table breaking in Russian roulette. 
And oh. <clears throat> for those who didn't see it on Nick's Instagram, I've just I brought it into this podcast land so we can watch it right now. <laughs> so this is what happens when you have uh, a very enthusiastic Nick performing on a less <laughs> enthusiastic table. Two, three. Wow, well you can done. see the chain swinging that actually broke it together. That's awesome. <laughs> That's a legendary clip. I love that. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. All right. So, look, Nick, how do you come up with your magic? I mean, we've seen some pretty crazy stuff from you. Where does that all stem from? Yeah. So, you know, I like to take inspiration from just everything in my life. Uh, I, I look at one of the main things that I like to focus on is magic with everyday items. And you've probably noticed that from a lot of my most recent creations, uh, cash points, uh, which is a bill change I did with uh, my good friend, Tyler Reed, uh, or most recently hand drawn, which is my moving X mm. effect. It's that one was very much inspired by, um, by double cross. Uh, so the two ways I like to either create magic is I, I take an old principle uh, let's say, you know, something I've been working on, uh, is a, uh, an adaptation to, or just my version of the pen through dollar. Everyone has their own, right. And there's some modern adaptations with, you know, chapstick and keys, but I wanted to come up with something a little bit different. And the go-to has always been pen through dollar or key through dollar, chapstick through dollar, this through dollar. I thought, why is the dollar the medium here? And so I took out the dollar and something that I was playing around with the idea of was using AirPods. And so I would, I thought about the idea of using an AirPod. Um, and I was like, okay, I don't want to do AirPod through ear because that's, that's lame or, or AirPod through bill. Cause that's lame. Everyone's done that. So I came up with this idea of putting the AirPod through the earlobe. Uh, I do have a video of that on my Instagram. If you guys oh. want to check that out sometime, I wish I could show you, but unfortunately, as I mentioned earlier, I'm in the middle of a move. So all of my magic stuff pretty much is packed away. I did find one thing though later, if you guys want to see something, I'll show you a little yeah. something. But, uh, but yeah, so I like to take old ideas, give them a little bit of a new vibe. And so I felt like the, the ear felt really organic because the, you know, the AirPod naturally goes in your ear. So that felt like the most natural medium for that trick. And it, also makes sense because a lot of people make the 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 comment that their airpods don't fit well in their ear so i use that as the reason why it goes through my ear and it's it turns it into this little magic moment and uh and so i either take something like that or i just look at uh just anything in uh in uh in my surrounding you know like the airpods or a sharpie and, or my phone apple watch things that i always carry on me and I just look at what are the magic properties here? Uh, oh, here's the video now. Just as we're talking, yeah. So we can see Nick taking some AirPods. He's put them in his ear, turns around. Oh, look at that. <laughs> so nonchalant, like, yeah, no big deal. Wow. You. If you're listening to this in audio land, go to YouTube or go to Nick's Instagram, which is in the you bio. you bring that to market? Is that available? <laughs> uh, it is not available. Um, it was... It, it might come out. I don't really know for sure yet. Uh, there was 
there was some question on whether it was going to get released or not with Penguin. So this, mm. it's still up in the air. That one might just be a, a little exclusive for myself. But yeah. uh, <laughs> I think what's beautifully unique about the way you do your magic, Nick, is that there's like a lot of like magic moments versus mm -hmm. the way that I typically create, because I'm always doing events, there has to be more kind of routining mixed with magic moments. So um, do you find the creatively that you hyper-focus on magic moments or do you still like routining things, the crescendo in a multi-phase routine? Where's your head at with that? So, yeah, it, uh, you know, it really depends. Personally, <laughs> for me, I, uh, especially in the, in the more casual settings, uh, you know, street performing, I guess, or I haven't been doing much, um, uh, close up gigs, but if I'm out and about and, uh, and my friends know I'm a magician or even if they don't, if I'm in, like at a restaurant, I'll, you know, pay when I'm paying the bill, do something with the money. But, um, but I just like to do things very off the cuff now and make things super, super natural. Uh, I like people to relate to my magic. Uh, so I always try to use everyday items like a dollar bill or an iPhone or like, you know, uh, the Sharpie, the, anything like that, because it gives them something, uh, something that they can relate to. If you bring out uh, a little glass box with a folded playing card in it, <laughs> it's, you know, it's cool. It's mysterious. But what is it? Uh, so I, I always would do that that style of effect with mint box, right? Cause it seems a little bit more natural. It's like, Oh, I was driving, had this, I had a prediction. I threw this in a mint box real quick. Cause that's, that seems more reasonable and it, more, more relatable. What right? if you produced the glass box from a Chinese pagoda box? <laughs> Hang on a second. What if you, what if you shuffle the cards and I put them in this innocuous velvet bag? <laughs> yes. And, you know, I'm not knocking that because there's definitely a place for for those types of, of props and certain performances. Yeah, it's called the garbage. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you got to it before me. No, truth be told, this is a worker for me on TikTok a lot. Uh, really? Yeah, I produce this live heart and I say tap the screen. It's my uh, algorithm appeasement generator. It's the algorithm that... appeasement generator. Boink. Damn. So everyone watching the video... This is when you like our stream now. Just tap hey. the like button. But see, yeah. even like you just did, you gave that some form of a relatable justification. Yeah, and then right? there's a great follow-up in this box. glass box with a card appears after the heart comes out. It's really magic. Magic. But yeah, like you know, or like you know, I used to um, I used to wear a bunch of rings. Now I've kind of stopped wearing a bunch of the jewelry because I. Uh, since I haven't been doing as much magic recently, I am a, I'm now an athlete <laughs> in some sorts. I race these things called one wheels. It's like an electric Ooh. skateboard, what? but with just a, like a go-kart. Jealous. A, like a go-kart yeah, tire. Yeah. I had to go on one of those. I, I, I'm a huge fan of electric skateboards. I've had, uh, I, I, I ride Evolve boards. I've had every car okay. model you can imagine. Yeah. Big fan, right? Like, if you ever come to Oz, I have two of them. Just in case you visit, we can go for a skate together. Sweet. But the one wheel is one of the most sort of futuristic looking things. It's got a, it's got a big go-kart wheel in the center. And you basically have um, like a teeter-totter type. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's so capable. But stopping is terrifying. <laughs> it, it does take a little bit of practice. But Is it, the, is it super dangerous? Like, should I just stop thinking about... 
getting no. one of those? No. Do not get one of them. Absolutely consider getting one. No, do not get one of those. <laughs> Next thing, don't do it, Doug. Don't do it. No. You will fall and don't break listen. your wrists. No. Don't listen to Yeah, Pope. right. No. That's what I'm worried about. Yeah, I don't want to yeah. do that. Nick just wants to cut out all the magicians he can. He's a, he's saying all the magi need one wheels. I ride my board. I mean that it would make everyone happier. Gig. I'm telling you yeah. that. Well, I ride my board to gigs all the time, so that's, that's the way I beat the traffic. Because I'm only five kilometers from the city here in Melbourne, mm-hmm. and but four wheels. Get one of those, Doug. Those are awesome. They're great. But a single yeah, I wheel. I got one with the roof. I like it a lot. But the one wheel <laughs> feels like magic. That's the thing. That's why I was drawn to the one wheel. It's because it's the one that feels the most like magic. You just think where you want to go, and it just goes for you. So cool. Like, wow. You know, not no that hot work. The, the fact, <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah, that's right. Why don't cars do that? Yeah. The, the fact that you guys have been. They're called Teslas. <laughs> well, that's right. Once you get the Neuralink put in as well, you can just think yeah. where you want to go, and it drives. That's yeah. the future. Right, but in a Sp- way, it's like the it's like the idiom uh, the idiomotor uh, response. I think whatever that is, because that's what it is. You know, you think about it, and then your body does it for you. So, in a way, it is like magic. Can you speak a bit about wow. the competitive nature of the one wheel? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> Not just laps, right? You doing obstacles or uh, some obstacles? Roller derby. We go on. We go <laughs> not necessarily roller derby, but we go on mountain bike trails. And you take them off with some jumps and some obstacles like that. But it's enduro style racing, sometimes downhill. Um, but it's it gets pretty uh, pretty intense because they go about like, twenty miles an hour. Do you, do you wear like full face oh, and? I'm padded up like yeah. I'm fully yeah, wrapped good. in bubble wrap. Uh, <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Uh, at least my mom would love me to be fully wrapped in bubble wrap, but. <laughs> Look, I, I'm, I'm a big advocate for that because even when I go snowboarding, which I'll be going in August, I'm going to New Zealand, I actually yeah. have like I, I wear downhill mountain biking gear so that if I take a tumble on the board, I can just bounce back and, you know, mm-hmm. not be too sort of. What about that? that can I snowboard? Because I want to do that, too. You think that's OK for me or not? I, I think that you should get a skateboard first and then do Look, that. Look, man, yeah. I grew up on skateboards. Oh, then you're I good to go. I don't know a thing or two because I have been there. He's can experienced. Nick. Scotty P, <laughs> he's going to be doing an animation right now of Doug just like vert ramp, kick flip. We didn't twist. get much past the tic tac back in our day. We didn't have a lot of stuff. Speaking of Scotty P, and speaking of us injuring ourselves, it's you guys brought this up yourself without even knowing. Scotty P actually sent in an audio question for us, which is very pertinent to this. So let me play this now. We can enter this question. All right. This is not so much a question, but rather a prompt for either of the magic guys or their guest. Have either of you ever sustained an injury during a performance, but continued to push through regardless of the pain or discomfort you were feeling at the time? There you go. Thanks, Scotty P. Well, that just you know helps us flow back into the conversation here. <laughs> <clears throat> Nick, Popper, have you ever injured yourself, kept performing? Injury, I can't say that I have had an injury per se. No. Um, you just make it look like you've injured yourself by piercing your uh, ear. <laughs> yes, right. Stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, to be perfectly honest, I can't recall of any, any serious injury stories. No. What about have you injured yourself while 
like making a gimmick or prop oh, or something? Several, t- <laughs> several times. Yes. There we go. Uh, <laughs> these <laughs> these hands have many scars. <laughs> Razor blade cuts. Just because you know when they say like don't cut towards yourself, it's precisely what you start doing. Is you yeah. cut towards yourself, slice your thumb off. So. I've think, not sliced my thumb off. <laughs> <laughs> We've all seen that that machine that's out now where it has the security stop where they put a sausage oh, coming yeah. up to the blade and the blade <laughs> disappears as soon as it... That's crazy. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. But I always they wonder why... Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> but why do they only demonstrate that with a sausage? Like, aren't they sure about their product? <laughs> why not just, you know, put a phalange in there or similar and see if, well, it, if it does the same I think. I think it might be because there is the still potential of a very small flesh wound, like a very mm. tiny nick on the finger. So, which is not What's a it? severed finger, which is a there's win. a magic but, trick in there somewhere. Sure. Telling you, <laughs> that's right. The yeah, the thumb just pops off. Restore it. Yeah. Well, we know Doug's injured himself and continued performing because we've seen the the footage but is there another story that comes to mind doug or that's no, your main that, one you know i wasn't even thinking about that one uh, <laughs> where i yeah broke a rib doing the invisible deck i've cut myself a couple times doing cut and restored but usually when that happens i'm on the street and i'm just like show's over so i don't really continue <laughs> but the thing that comes to mind is back in the day when i was fire eating i was at a festival in atlanta back early early days of street performing and I burned my mouth on the first day, but because the fire eating was such an integral part of my build, I kept doing it. And by day three, uh, I'll tell you this, after that festival, I didn't eat fire again. I just stopped. You know, I was like, mm-hmm. that will never happen to me again. And it was a learning mm-hmm. experience. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was the worst. Yeah, damn. Yeah. I've um, I've kind of slipped a disc, like in, in between my shoulder blades doing the straitjacket escape. In my earlier days, mm. um, but that's, that's like, not nice. That's, that's only like during painful. performance. Yeah, yeah. All, all that comes to mind for me is we've been doing showmen, and like I'd severely lost my voice, but I still had to do another show. So I just like tried my best to not talk the whole day, and then power through it. And surprisingly, when you lose your voice, you can still beatbox really well. Like, in fact, it makes the, because I beatbox in my show a little bit, Nick, um, and, and it actually makes the bass better. Like, when you're doing the sounds, um, it's actually easier to do it, but you can't talk for shit. So, it was kind of weird. It enhanced that, made the voice worse. Um, I've definitely I've definitely chemically burnt my hand a few times with flash paper because mm-hmm. that batch was just particularly drier and faster. So it's just, mm. I've used a big bit, just gone, and then later I've been like, ah, this sucks. But fortunately, I've never done anything that could go wrong and like really hurt me. Because I always think, you know, anything that can go wrong will go wrong. So if it's something dangerous, it's eventually going to happen, right? Um, yeah. The only yeah, thing I can cool. think of close to an injury story would be, I <laughs> I was doing a, um, like a card catch and, um, and I didn't realize how close I was to the edge of the stage. And when I go to catch the card, I lean back and I totally just fall down the, the stairs of the stage. Oh, no. <laughs> but I well, catch counts. the card, so <laughs> that, that's what counts. <laughs> uh, well, that definitely counts. And we got a, a few people in here mentioning theirs. So Bob Possible is, yeah, we've seen this one actually on video, I think, is flash paper bow tie 
didn't flash as fast as you would hope when it's right under your face. That that oh. that, that one definitely sucks. Um, I bruised my ego getting busted. Oh, okay. Well, the, you know, that counts. That counts. <laughs> count. The Christian magician, I ripped a safety pin through my hand. Ooh. Ooh. All right. Maybe, yeah, pra- practice that a little a little more. And then Bob, again, Bob's always got the stories. I broke a tooth doing hook. Oh, my God. And then got stabbed while I was in the sword box. Oh, my God. In the same show. Did a repeat performance an hour later. Bob Possible breaks a tooth and... Oh, whoa. Bob, you've you've chipped a tooth on our uh, Zoom hangouts before when you were doing a straitjacket escape. How many times has this occurred? It's just a bit for him. It's just a bit he does. It's not even real. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You've got a, oh. You bought the gap tooth from Vernet. The tooth tip. <laughs> yeah. Broken and restored tooth. Nick, I've got an idea for a trick. Yeah. The, Ver- the Vernet tooth oh, tip. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my gosh. My gosh, my gosh. Well, what you know, the, good stories. Pretty good stories. Yeah. Should we should we just segue into our, our actual segment? I think you smell <laughs> what I stepped in. The All right, now we're going with little, Oh, sorry. I I do the intro. Like we rehearsed this. I know, but I saw you on mute, so I was like, oh, crap, I'm going to have to make this up on the fly, but please. It naturally goes on mute when we play the video. Okay, I'm not doing this now. Right in front of our friends. We have guests. <laughs> Wait, I'll, I'll, I'll lead you in again. Gig stories. I really like the idea of you not being able to speak, but having the, um, the beatboxing. And so, like, you're at the restaurant, and they go, what would you like for breakfast, sir? And then you just yeah. interpretive dance, beatbox. <laughs> Avocado on toast. Yeah. I'll- yes. And would, you, would you like hash browns with that? <laughs> Two hash browns yeah. it is, sir. Thank you kindly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So gig stories are the little segment where we like to talk about magic moments or things that have happened at gigs and record them on this podcast and share them with you guys for posterity, starting with our guest today. So, boy, this was... One of the most interesting, I have two that I was tossing up, but this is definitely the more, the more exciting one. So I was 15 at the time. I was just, just about to turn 16, but I was still 15 because I remember I had to get dropped off by my parents for this gig. Um, And so I I had done a gig or I'd done a, a Christmas party for this group, just a small group of friends, had a house party. And uh, they wanted to, a magician for their uh, for their Christmas party. So I did a show for them. And then a few months later, I get a call from the guy who booked me for that, wanted me to come back for another party. And I said, absolutely, I'd love to. So I come back. And um, and when I get there, he, he greets me in the front yard, says, how's it going? You ready for the ladies inside? And I... <laughs> I'm not really sure what that meant, but I was like, ah, yeah, totally. What a, you know, all right, cool. So I go set up and there's just a bunch of, you know, probably 30 year old, uh, women sitting on the, uh, on the couch. And, uh, I start setting up my set and, uh, keep in mind, I'm like 15. So my show is not, not the, the greatest, (laughs) but you know, I'm, setting it up and then 
I I get ready. I'm like, all right, ready when you are. And uh, the the ladies go, hey, Kara, guess what we got for your bachelorette party? <laughs> and I'm like, no, a 15-year-old. What? And she goes, guys, I told you I didn't want a stripper. And she looks over and is just jaw on the floor. Um, that's a child. <laughs> and now I'm here about to do a magic show for a bunch of for a bunch of women who are expecting a stripper. Whoa. So I <laughs> So naturally I start off the show with dress code. <laughs> oh yeah. And, of course. Right. So I do dress code and later I I'm doing another trick and my uh, my dress code gimmick gets caught on my table and it pulls it down. Oh no. <laughs> and now all the ladies start going, ooh. <laughs> I'm <laughs> I have no clue what to do. Cause again, I'm like 15. I don't know what I've never experienced a bachelorette party before. And so this is just it was the craziest experience ever. And now I'm stripping for them essentially in the middle of my show. It was great. So their prophecy was fulfilled. <laughs> Yeah, right. Wow. And they all went to jail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. That's, that's, uh, and, and well done for been doing gigs that early on too. Like, my oh, God, I wish I started your, doing gigs that early. Your closer when you were 15. You remember? Um, you know what? I don't. I can't remember what the clothes were. Are you more of a change pad guy or an invisible debt guy or a card to wallet guy? I think in that show, honestly, it wouldn't have been far off to be a change bag (laughs) at that time. (laughs) Because I definitely did linking rings. I was doing some like linking rings in that show. Uh, Definitely not the magic you were. Card in orange, maybe? Bill in lemon? Maybe, something like that. I think I did do. Nut Dropper by uh, Matthew Wright. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's a good trick. That is a great one. Yeah. Well, look, it right. didn't it didn't stop you doing geeks, so that's that's the main thing. Definitely not. All right, Nick. What's your what's your Nick number two? Nick K, Australian K, Nick, you. Aussie Nick. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good day, mate. I'm Aussie Nick K, and I have a story about doing a gig. Um, that should so many forever be your accent. Don't you reckon? Mm-hmm. So I was just doing – I have so many stories because um, the Melbourne Magic Festival just wrapped up and there was just so much magic that had happened and things that were told to me and like so many things, like so many stories. But we can tell them over the weeks to come. But i got to share something that like if I don't do it now, I'm going to forget it. But I just thought it was the weirdest thing. And I mentioned this just before the podcast. I'm like, is this too weird to mention? And the guys went, that's really weird. Mention it. So I <laughs> I was in between gigs and I'm running around. So I like had one gig in the morning and then I had another one. And then I had a quick moment to run some errands and then get to the next gig. And I get to the last one and I, I rush to the men's room to get ready. Right. And it's kind of like a public sort of situation, like in, in, a, in a hotel sort of, sort of thing. So I, I go in there, walk into the men's room and it smells kind of nice, which is kind of rare for a men's room. And I, on a, on, on like a, a little plate, um, not even a plate. I lie. It was, it was a can, like a little Coke can was this little incense shape kind of like a little pyramid, like a little dome type thing. And someone had lit that. 
and taken a dump. And I thought someone was so self-aware and so aware that when they use the bathroom, that it effectively becomes a biohazard. And they thought, <laughs> I'm going to be a good person today. I'm going to get this empty Coke can, light this little poop stick, and I'm going to go and do my thing. And I was like, that is the most considerate thing I've ever seen another male do. I thought that was cool. Pro tip. <laughs> Big stories from the John. Or poop tip, as we would say. No, right, and I'll run with one actual magic one. So there was, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to mention names because I don't want anyone to be slandered, but I will tell you this. This performer in the middle of his show said, I need to borrow $20. And someone gave him $20. And he went, thank you. And they put it in his pocket and can continue with the rest of his show and finished it. And then the show was over. And that spectator then had to go to the, like, venue and go, um... I loaned the magician $20 and it <laughs> was never like used in a trick. And I just don't know, like, can I get it back? And well, then, when the, the street magicians use people's money and they find it right. at the limit at the end of the show and they're like, and you want your money back? Yeah. They're trying to least <laughs> possible to return their money. It's soaking wet and lemon juice. And they're like, yeah. Now, this mm. particular hilarious magician, not me, but yes, okay. we, they had to go. They went to him and said, like, hey, man, like, why were you borrowing the $20 for? And he went, because I needed $20. Oh, man. <laughs> what? I <laughs> Damn. <sighs> At least he was honest. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Gosh, Jeez. That yeah, mine mine was um I did one event last week that was at a um horse racing uh event and this client had hired this is like the third time they booked me so I kind of knew the venue pretty well but they hire out an entire marquee <clears throat> right next to where the all the races are happening and so this time being the third time they're like how about this time you do like a 40 minute show for everyone like when there's a gap between races and um and luckily knowing what we know about doing shows and what you require i was like absolutely no way in hell because it's so loud you share that marquee with another event you know there's no stage um that's uh, and people are drinking so definitely not but maybe we do like five minutes i'll do like a quick thing to introduce myself they're like okay cool so they i'm like this is how much space we'll need if we can get like a small riser great if you have, they said they'll have a microphone for you. I'm like, okay, great. I'll use my uh, lanyard holder, you know, mic holder. Great. But I'm just counting on none of this happening. So I'm like, what is the fastest magic I can do in front of the group? Anyway, get to the show. All of that hap All of that goes how I thought it might. People have moved and stuff. So there's no area where the stage was going to be. The microphone is actually a karaoke box and it's only a meter long cord. So you can't actually use that, nor would people hear it. And you've got the other event like blaring on right next to you. So I'm just like, look, let's just let's just go. Let me just get this out of the way. And then I can do roving for the rest of the event like we'd planned and it'll be great. So they all quieten down for the boss. And then I just I literally just grab a chair, put it as close to the first table as I can. I stand on this chair and I do like a wine portal production. I borrow someone's money and I do built a yarn. And then I'm like, that's it. And then we just, you know, and it ended up being fine. And I'm just yelling at the at the top of my voice without, you know, 
doing any vocal frying. But, um, you know, it never ceases to amaze me that these things uh, still happen. But fortunately, it could have been so much worse. I could have planned to do 40 minutes and like had the worst experience of my life, you know. So that was fun. The other thing is um, got to do magic with a parrot this last week, which is super fun because they're they're really intelligent. And I'm, you may have seen some of those clips on my, on my Instagram. There's going to be some more. So right now I'm like coming up with magic. Uh, that a parrot that bird is money included. man that's inevitable <laughs> virality yeah. i know right it really know. Is. Yeah, I, like i think i gotta find the right you know the first video i made it was more about the bird reacting and it did react but i think i gotta push on that more than than me trying to be the showman like hey watch this i really gotta make it that kind of clip where the monkey reacts to the ball vanishing you know i need like that kind of similarity with the the bird with the walnut vanishing. Yes. So i got to think on that. But those are my two sort of notable stories of gigs and One creating thing I will this week. Say about, like, the, the, the dreaded karaoke box, it's been at so many events. Like you, you go to these gigs and they think that like, we've got music and we've got everything is great. Like, cool. And then you rock up. And I remember doing this one gig at a place called Orange, um, just over the border, like out in country, New South Wales effectively. I think it was just over the border, Orange. But I remember it well because it was like, I think – it was like an old beat up jukebox, but one that you would buy from like Aldi or Kmart or Target or something of that nature, right? And I remember it so well because there was three songs on there and they used it for like the background music all night. And so all night, I just kept hearing Live in La Vida Loca, but just the karaoke version. So you'd be sitting along doing your thing and then you would just hear upside inside up. Oh, and I think he's cut there. <laughs> Nick, he's still with us. Multiverse. Nope. Yeah. I am. Oh, sorry. Oh, goodness. I was just saying, yeah, that the song's jumping in and out. Um, <laughs> sorry, that should be plugged in. Let me, let me sort that for you. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah, good to good to know. I it, I think it's just poetic that it cut out when he tried to sing La Vida Loca. So that's what <laughs> I think it's a good thing for the list. Yeah. yeah. Doug, did you give us a story? You know, I didn't. I was thinking earlier today, what gig story am I going to tell the guys? I tried to think of something interesting. I did a flashback to the day I'm working a magic shop. In the 90s, I'm running this joint. Who comes in the door? Nicholas Cage and his girlfriend. Ended up buying a oh. couple tricks. Sold Nicholas Cage a couple tricks. Uh, next day, his girlfriend comes back, buys more for him because he loves the magic so much. Oh, this story continues where, let me see if I can get a close-up. I was watching this movie today. I said, can I get a clip of this? Hey, Father, like a car. So in this movie, I just got a text. Aaron Neville. Yeah, baby. So this movie, first of all, Zandali, oh. it's a horrible movie, right? <laughs> and let me tell you, when I was looking for this clip, it is super raunchy. But uh, if you want to look at New Orleans and some of the debauchery that goes on there, that's a kind of a look at it. But how cool is it that he bought this trick and then it made its way into the movie because he was there filming it, right? It wasn't in the script. So Damn, now that's amazing. in my in my promo is... A magic <laughs> consultant to Nick Cage. 
<laughs> There's my gig story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why not? That's great, man. That's great. Now we wanted. To, there's a lot we want to discuss on the the philosophy of magic with Nick, um, and sort of where he's at in his career now. But I'm also conscious conscious that Nick K, Aussie Nick, is going to have to run soon to his actual gig. So we might maybe want to do your review next. And yeah, then I think it's a great idea that. because um, I would actually like to have a little discussion about this particular product and um, have your guys' opinion because I've shared this with a few magic friends and. Um, there's, there's a lot of indifference about it. So let's roll it. So friends, have you ever wanted to perform the world famous and super dangerous bullet catch in which a magician is shot at by a spectator and you catch the bullet in your hand? You can finally do that without dying using this amazing new trick released by Julio Montoro called Foam Catch. For those of you who aren't aware of what it is, it is a Nerf gun with a foam bullet, which you have signed by a spectator in the audience. You then give that bullet to another spectator on the stage. They put it into a Nerf gun. They spin the barrel of the gun, and then they shoot you until the entire contents of that Nerf gun is now empty. And in that process, as the bullets are flying past you, you catch the signed bullet. And without a single switch you can show it is the spectator's signed bullet. Super cool trick. Now, what you get with this trick is you get everything in a single box, which is necessary because it's engineered to be formed out of a case. And not every magician has a case, but thankfully the box is sizable enough that you can actually perform everything directly out of this cardboard box. You get a gimmick toy, some foam bullets, you get safety glasses as you're having things fired at your face, and you get a couple of secret bits in there in order to be able to achieve the effect. As far as difficulty goes, it's not entirely difficult as far as sleight of hand goes, but it is the type of thing that does require some stagecraft, economy of movement, and for you to be aware of your angles in order for this trick to look amazing. Now, as far as pros and cons goes, the pro is that you get everything you need, Nerf gun, bullets, everything. Now, because you need to perform that out of the case, you obviously get the box. That's also super convenient. And you also need to keep in mind that as far as a bullet catch goes, this is extremely safe compared to other methods on the market or the actual real-life bullet catch. If you guys are unaware, 12 magicians have died performing the bullet catch. There is a book about this called 12 Have Died by Ben Robertson and Larry White. You guys can look that up if you want to know more. Now, as far as cons go, there is no real live performance in the tutorial. It's not the worst thing because Julio explains everything like extremely well with a lot of detail and explains how and why things work. So it's done very well, but I do how much magicians seeing an actual life performance of a product. So I just wanted to make mention of that. Now, this is angle sensitive as far as the way that the bullet is caught. So if you were going to present this, think about your environment and it's engineered so that you are upstage and that you're being shot this way and your audience is that way and you catch the bullet in front of your face like so. Now, the last thing which might be sort of up for debate once we have this conversation is that the final con I would say is that the the gravity or the beauty or the strength that a bullet catch actually has is that it, it is genuinely dangerous. And so surviving a bullet catch is pretty phenomenal. I mean, you guys might recall that David Blaine actually got shot in the face and nearly lost his entire face. So a proper stunt 
has big tension, really big tension and really big release. So as far as a danger element goes, this version has none. There is no danger in the elements. So you need to keep that in mind as you are formulating your presentation for this trick in order for it to have the full effect. Now, as far as cost goes, pipermagic.com.au are currently taking pre-orders for this for um, 295 Australian dollars, which seems like a lot of money to a junior. Yeah, it would be. But in the same breath, I try to equate this to something like um, like uh, stretching the truth or uh, you know something like that where, you know, you spend the money, everything's pretty well scripted, but you can also inject a lot of your personality. And it's a good five or 10 minutes on stage. So for a pro, you know, 295 bucks, pretty good deal. But fear not, if you use Piper Fun in the discount code, you will get a very sweet discount, making it even better value. So I kind of want to wrap this up by saying, who is this trick for? And at first, when I thought, who is this for? I was thinking it would be for like a pro, given the price point. But then I was also like, well, maybe like you don't have to be so professional about it. It could just be a really funny comedy bit for a magician. And I thought about it again. And I was like, well, what if a kid performed this? Like if I was at the junior championships and a kid performed this, like with all the gravity and, and, and you know, like the bravado and the drama, like of a real bullet catch, it would be freaking adorable. And I would absolutely love that performance. But the thing about the bullet catch is this. Many years ago, I attempted to perform a version that was created by Scott Alexander, which uses a paintball gun, where you have a paintball signed, put into the gun, gun is shot, and you then catch the paintball in your mouth. Here's the thing about being in Australia, though. Legally, if you use a paintball gun uh, outside of an area declared by the Governor General, you can receive a $20,000 fine. That's the first thing that's up. Now, on top of that, the version for me to get it in the country cost me five grand. That's because it was expensive to begin with. There was duties and taxes I had to wear. I then had to get a gun safe so I can store the paintball gun. I had to get a gun license. I then had to become a member of a paintball club out in Coldstream. Can we appreciate the commitment for this professional to protect? (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Doug. But I had to go through all this, right? All just to be able to perform this at paintball clubs. That's it. That's the only place I can perform it. So, Did you have a contract or something? Did you have like a – was this a niche market for you? Because this is a lot of work to go through for – I was unaware. I was unaware that that was the case. And so, you know, like it it was advertised, you know, it's in in America where, you know, this was typically sold. It was it was something you could do quite frequently, you know. I mean, yeah, the in original, America, you go buy a paintball gun at Walmart on the corner, you know. <laughs> not in this country, friend. I mean, you know, the original <laughs> paintball gun was created uh, in, I believe, in Canada because they were using it to mark trees. So the trees needed to be cut down through the forest. They would just go through the forest and go bang, 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 marking all the trees. That's how like all the paintball gun originated from. And I learned all that was going through this saga. But yeah, the point is that Julio's released a version that can be, be performed anywhere and be enjoyed by anyone. And there is a huge level of entertainment that can still be achieved with this regardless of the danger. So when I asked myself, who is it for? The answer to me was pretty simple. To me, it's for anyone who likes the trick and thinks that it's cool. So if you do like it and you're going to get it, make sure you get it from pipermagic.com.au and make sure you use discount code PiperFun. 
Great question. So that's obviously never something I've had experience with, but Doug or Nick, have you guys explored bullet catches? In New Orleans on a semi-regular basis. (laughs) (laughs) Is there any live footage performance on this project that shows him demonstrating this effect or not? Yeah, Yeah, there is a link. Um, So the full review of this is released on my channel, and we've got the links on on the website as well. So you can go scope out on Piper Magic. If you look up Foam Catch or click on the link, you will see... A, a, a trailer performance of it being done. It looks great. I mean, the 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 catch is cool. quite magical, but that's why the angles are a bit, um, yeah, a bit okay. sort of tentative. But the, I'll the check thing it is out. that, well, I wanted to sort of pose this to the group because it's like, what is? I mean, it's is it is it less good because it's there's no danger in in this effect? Like the very fact that I mean, like if we were in the same room right now with. We, we would be able to shoot bullets at each other. And I'm sure <laughs> out of like the 50 I shoot at you, I guarantee Nick Popo will catch one of them without question. He's an athlete. <laughs> you know? And so, well, so like, what do you think, Nick? Like, is it less magical because it's less dangerous or, you know, is it a stunt? What is it like? Is, is it, is it muddying the waters? What do you think? So I'm, uh, to be honest with you, when I saw this one, I didn't know what to think about about it at first. And I still don't really know if I have a true opinion on it yet. Because I know personally, as as a young magician growing up, I used to just do that. Like, I used to joke around with my friends and genuinely catch Nerf bullets. So, like, that in and of itself is a very doable mm. thing for just about anyone to do. And then on top of that, you might be able to answer this, uh, Nick, being that you've you've watched it and reviewed it and whatnot. Do you have to sign it on the on the tip of the bullet? Because in all the demos, that's how he signed that it's signed. Correct. So yeah. another part to that is in that style of gun, you can see all the tips of the bullet. And if you yes. can theoretically catch a bullet already, all it is is a timing game you're watching when the bullet gets to the top and then you catch it i know obviously that's not the method here but to me as a thinking of this as trying to think of it as a as a layman that would be the most logical guess that i'd have you know so i'm thinking this effect because it doesn't have the element element of danger if you want to perform it becomes a demonstration of skill and so you just play that up where you're like we're going to do our hand-eye coordination fire Got it. And, you know, you yes. just treat it as it should be instead of mm-hmm. magic. That, yeah. That's precisely it. I don't necessarily see it as a as a feat of magic, um, but more of just, you know, hey, this is a, a thing that I've practiced very, you know, I can do. Um, maybe if you did with his, like a, if you could do it blindfolded. That's um, good. That's because it's not impossible enough, in my opinion. Right. As mm. it's, yeah. Yeah. That Look, I think literally just thinking about that now, if you put a blindfold on there, that makes it magic because you A are trying to catch something blindfolded and B, you've also caught the, the specific one. So yeah. there's, there's a lot of ways you can personalize this to inject your mm-hmm. own type of presentation. I mean, you could probably, if you thought about it just enough, make a version of this in which you could catch it in your mouth. You genuinely mm-hmm. could. I have a method, I have an idea. Like, if you think about it enough, you could take this, extend it, push it a little bit further. Like, there is room for you to make it entirely yours. 
Okay. I like Scotty's mm, idea. Food the other for bullets thoughts. have pins in them. Uh. <laughs> Jeez. Now we're going to school. Now it's becoming <laughs> violent. Yes. Now you have a $5,000 <laughs> Australian fine. Yeah. <laughs> what a great review, though. What a great review. Hey, Nick, do you want to share? You said you might have a piece of magic for us. Did you want to? Is that something you have? Um, yeah, yeah. Tricks. Go yeah. share. Tricks. Yeah. I thought then I I'd love you to guys. get your. Yeah, because then I'd love to get your thoughts on magic. And so yeah, this would be a great lead into that, I think. Yeah. Are you ready, Nick? So I need a minute. Uh, yeah, no, I'm right here. So I'll, Wrong, uh, Nick. Wrong, Nick. Bring oh. this down here. Woo. So. Well, don't mind my messy floor, by the way. I'm trying to get that out. <laughs> misdirection. Uh, yeah, right. So we'll draw. I'm gonna draw something on my hand here. We'll draw a little, little shape. Just a little, uh, a little X. Now, if you take that X, you can make it start to manipulate across the palm, which is pretty cool, pretty freaky. Right now, that's just a cute trick, right? You can take it a step further and pluck it clean off and then move it up the arm and that is just a permanent x right there cap that up and that is my uh my newest release to the market uh hand drawn so i thought i would share that with you since it was about the only thing that i could (laughs) find real quick but yeah so anyone doing double cross you can add this to that. Is that doable? Precisely. So this is the reason I came up with this is because I wanted to make double cross different. Double cross, as everyone, as every magician knows, is basically every magi- every magician's go to, and mm-hmm. uh, and I love it just as much as the next magician. But I, I mean, at this point, it's becoming like even laymen know the trick. Oh, you're doing the X trick, and so for that one person that I might run into or a couple people, but for that, for those couple people that maybe I ran into and they've already seen this trick before, I wanted something different. And so I, uh, I had the idea of this. I would previously been working on some just moving ink style effects. And then, you know, with double cross, this just matched perfectly. And it kind of happened purely by accident because the original method I had I realized wouldn't work. So I pushed the idea away. And one day when I was, um, when I was just building gimmicks at Penguin, I was talking to my buddy Seth and there was a, a small little piece there that looked like, um, like a little black dot. And I originally was doing it with a dot and I started moving it around. I was like, Oh, that, that looks like that looks really good. And so then I moved, changed it to the X and eventually tied it in with, uh, with double cross. So now I'll initially stamp my spectator and then rather than pulling out the double cross marker, I'll just pull out my hand drawn gimmick. Wow. Start off with this, pluck off the X and then you can cleanly toss it and your hands are shown clean. And mm. then all the heat is now on their hand. You put your marker away. No one cares about it because it wasn't, wasn't part of the trick anyway it was just there to where do we yeah. find this beautiful thing in the Thank you. yeah you can you can find it on penguin magic um or uh, actually yeah, i think it's uh, exclusive to penguin magic but uh yeah i think it's uh 30 40 maybe 40 i think 
So, yeah, so. I'm sold. <laughs> I think you just, <laughs> that demonstration just sold it to like all 20 oh, viewers. Oh, thank you. You know, and, you know <laughs> I just saw that. It is also customizable uh, right out of the box. So you do have oh, to cool. do a little bit of, uh, a little bit of uh, setup once you get the gimmick uh, to make it work. But it allows you to choose. It comes with three different shapes. So if you don't necessarily want to do it with double cross, you can also do it with a dot or it comes with a heart as well. So, wow, that's awesome. so yeah, it allows you to make it fit your, uh, your performance style. And it also comes with all the necessary stuff, if stuff to repair it, if you ever do damage it and the, the safety, uh, the carrying case and whatnot to keep your gimmick safe while it's in your pocket. So it doesn't get damaged by other, uh, other things in there. I really tried to, take everything into account with this one and mm. uh, you know, if any magician was like oh but what about this i have an answer for it it's all in Damn. the download and it's all there so it's one of my favorite creations i've put out that's amazing and and now i think <clears throat> it's a perfect segue because you you've created such great magic for the magic community but it's something you. that you're you, you mentioned to us before the pod that you're sort mm -hmm. of moving on from or stepping aside from for the mm -hmm. moment do you want to talk about that and what you're sort of leading yeah, yeah. to now so I, uh, for man, since I was 12 years old, I've been creating and uh, releasing original magic and originally the, and still to this day, the reason I've created magic has always been because I love, I love the art and it is really cool to see other people, uh, performing my magic. And I, I've always wanted to just, just advance, advance this art any way I can. And when it, when it came down to it recently, I've been thinking about my magic and I, I definitely create my magic for a specific style. And that style is perfectly tailored for my performing. And uh, as great as it is to, to see other magicians performing my stuff, I, I'm getting a little selfish <laughs> and I want to, I want to try to keep some things for myself and try to, uh, and try to be try to focus on just personally being a more original magician. Um, I for for too long I feel I've I've been feeling other magicians create or other magicians um, careers with with my creations, and so now I want to try to focus on more feeling mine so that I can stand out from everyone else. And part of that too is is because uh, I I personally feel the magic marketplace has become very saturated and that can nah. be a great thing <laughs> it's you know it's a great thing because there's so many different ideas that are being shared but the caveat is the you know the this need for or the uh desire for true innovation i feel just ha isn't really showing anymore a lot of magicians have have focused on creating magic simply that is different, which, you know, it, at the end of the day, it is a different method, but I think it needs to be more than that. And I don't know that there are, t are enough truly innovative pieces of magic out there that are adding upon something, uh, I think make, doing something that something else hasn't already done before, if that makes sense. And so, and this isn't to trash talk anyone out there. It's more of like a, hey, magicians, let's try to Let's try to get back. You know, there was a time where the people like Danny Garcia and Wayne Houchin and and creators like that were were truly trying to to take old ideas 
and give them new life, but but in a way that hasn't been done before, and not just not just to be a different method to bring it to market. I have a fear the creative process for the new magician is a different experience than it was when Daniel Garcia was coming to fruition. Mm -hmm. So maybe we got to figure things out for a way for young creative people to get established and have mm -hmm. a, a sense of development along those lines, instead of just thinking right. they can have overnight success by selling a download. Right. And I think the social media era is even a little bit to do with that because Agreed. And, you know, on Instagram and TikTok, I'm sure you guys know how, it, of course, it takes a lot of work, but any video can just randomly pop off, you know? And mm. so in a lot of ways, it this generation has made the idea of an overnight success way more possible. And so yeah, I think true. I think the biggest thing that I, uh, I want to help prove is that not everything needs to to be a, a marketed effect because like one of the, one of the creators I admire the most is Tobias Dostal. I think he has some, some of the most truly innovative magic uh, right now. Oh yeah. And yet silhouette. I, I have that <laughs> in my drawer. It's incredible. And the thing that I wish he would do is I wish he would stop releasing magic. And I know that is a crazy statement, but mm his magic is the same like for me you know i create my magic for myself and you can very much tell he creates his magic for himself and sharing it with the the rest of the community is very much just a treat that he's he's giving out and as as generous as that is i wish he would keep it for himself because it it keeps if he did keep that for himself it keeps that that childhood sense of wonder for the magicians but as well. Truthfully, you know? that's where the good stuff comes from when you create in that fashion. It's when you create to meet the supposed need just to get the mm -hmm. download out to make a dollar is when you have troubles. But Precisely. Mm. And I've had conversations with magicians, and I won't name names again to, to throw them under the bus or anything or to badmouth anyone, but I've had magicians with uh, – or conversations with magicians that I, I respect as creators – and their their mindset has genuinely become oh well, if I create this many tricks and put this many tricks out on the market, I'll make about this much and I can make a living. Right. And it's sad that that's become the 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 mindset. It's because if you once something becomes a, a like you're just doing it because you need the money, then the true passion it doesn't show. And uh, not, I don't think that business model is sustainable for 10, 10 guys on this planet. And I can't imagine mm -hmm. how many young creators think they can make a living as a magician that way. I, yeah. hope, I hope this, uh, this in information is falling on a few young ears to understand that magic is not selling tricks online. And, and all of this being said, like, I don't want to discourage any young creators either. True, like true. I, I want, I, I mean, myself growing up, it was hard because so many older magicians didn't didn't really think that I could be creative at such a young age. So they were kind of like, oh yeah, that's cute, but stay in your lane. And then I I had to prove myself. Yeah. And so for those magicians who are really truly creative and innovative, uh, young or old, please share, but don't don't do it out of the desire just to make a quick buck. Do it because you truly believe that it adds something new to the magic world. 
that's that's what I care about. Make something good for yourself. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> well said, man. <clears throat> and so in, with that in mind now, what what is your focus now? Like you, you mentioned you're creating more moments rather than visual tricks, right? Yeah. So, you know, as I kind of mentioned earlier, you know, I like to just, uh, in terms of my more close-up style um, uh, magic, I've been focusing way more on just everyday item magic. In fact, I have stopped carrying a deck of cards with me. Um, mm. I, I, you know, I think mag- card magic is great, and there is wonderful card magic out there, but I personally have this belief that if you focus only on card magic, it's a bit lazy. <laughs> and uh, and I know that's like a ve- again a very uh, bold statement, but it's been shown now by a number of magicians that magic is all around us. And so when I'm out and about, I would I think it's way more powerful to pick up a napkin or a soda can or uh, a golf tee, something that's just in your surroundings and do magic with that. And instead of pulling out a deck of cards, because you can only do so many card tricks before they all start running together. Where if you do a card, a coin trick, followed by a trick with some rubber bands, followed by a, a Rubik's cube trick, <laughs> you know, that's three very different tricks that they can all grasp onto and the memory is long lasting. And, um, and it's, it goes back to that being able to relate to the, to the item, have that personal attachment to it. So that's uh, so good. And, and going into that, you know, with <laughs> this, I'm working on a new stand up show as well. And the whole kind of theme to that show is uh, I, I'm not doing any card magic in the show. And it'll all, obviously, for a stand up show, you don't necessarily do much card magic anyway. But you know, I make an effort to not do any card magic in the show. And everything is in this style of uh, when I was growing up. I didn't have access to, to all these expensive magic props that, that we as magicians have today. And so I had to, I had to make magic with what I had in my, in my bedroom. And so everything in my, in my show is something in the real world that you can, that the audience will be able to have a really true personal relationship with like personal, just, uh, um, uh, yeah, yeah. Like connection with that uh and and that idea really to me feels like the most powerful magic so that's it was a little tangy sorry (laughs) but yeah well be sure to let us know when um you know when that show is touring that's for sure because i think there'll be a lot of people lined up to see it and as we as we wrap up this episode make sure you guys listening to this go follow nick so you can follow this journey um all his links are in the description of wherever you're watching this. But before we leave, we're gonna we're gonna give the final word to Nick to leave for the viewers. But again, thank you so much for coming on, and uh, let's move into that right now. All right. Ooh, spotlight is on me. Um, well, my final word for uh, for the viewers is. Don't be afraid to be yourself. I know that sounds very cliche and generic, 
but uh, it's something that I truly have been trying to live by recently. Um, you know, tr- when it comes to the magic, don't let any any standards or, or any social uh, social standards try to put you in this frame. If you have a, if you have a, a different belief about something, stand for it. Like do be different. Uh, I feel like magic creates one too many copycats out there. And, uh, and I think we as a whole need to all start our coming together to, to, to be different, to accept our differences. So uh, be creative, be different, be yourself. Yeah. Thanks for listening. It's time for us to disappear now. Disappear now. But we'll see you again on the next episode of The Magic Guys. 